Hi, I'm Amy Muirs, and you're listening to The Power of Young People, a podcast produced by the National Youth Leadership Council, where we explore how young people are using their ideas, creativity, and passion to change the world, their communities, and the lives of others. If you're a young person who wants to change the world, or an adult who wants to foster youth innovation and imagination, this show is for you. Make sure you follow us wherever you listen to your podcast so you don't miss out on new episodes. Today, I have an amazing guest joining me on the show. Sydney Collins is an inspiring motivational speaker, community leader. She's a podcast host of the Perfect Timing Podcast where her mission is to give youth in the community a platform to use their voice to discuss topics, dreams, achievements that are important to them. It's an amazing podcast. Check it out. She's also the founder and chief executive officer of Live Your Future Educated, which is a nonprofit that empowers youth to read and participate in outreach outreach programs in the Washington metropolitan area. Sydney, I'm so excited to have you on the show. Welcome to the Power of Young People. Hello. Thank you so, so much for having me. Awesome. I would love for you just to share a little bit more about yourself with our listeners. Sure. So, hi, everyone. My name is Sydney Collins. I am the founder, CEO, and host of Perfect Timing Podcast, as Ms. Amy said in her introduction. Thank you so much for that. Um, but outside of that, I'm just a regular teenage girl. I'm also just like a social entrepreneur, motivational speaker, public, uh, public speaker, and I'm often just out in the community uh, uplifting and empowering uh, young girls of color, especially with their mental health and their self-esteem. Um, but outside of uh, wearing all those many hats, um, I love to read. I love to take naps because I run around all the time, so a good nap every now and then is very good um <laughs> like just spending time with friends uh, uh I'm also like an ice cream addict so anytime I get to get my hands on ice cream is a good time um but that's yeah that's kind of all the things I do okay so you and I so one you need to teach me how to nap because I've never mastered that <laughs> skill and then two we're gonna have a discussion about ice cream after the show because absolutely. my favorite thing too absolutely I'm still working on trying to figure out how to nap myself so if you master it can you write a book because that would be awesome (laughs) how to actually master the nap that would be bestseller (laughs) guaranteed (laughs) so I would love to hear like how did you decide you wanted to become a podcast host and you know the CEO of your own nonprofit kind of what inspired you to take this journey absolutely it was it's kind of a strange story. Um, whenever I tell it, people don't really believe me. Um, but when I, like growing up, I was like extremely shy and timid. Um, like I'd be in a corner reading a book. I would bring books with me to parties. I would follow my mom around Target with a book in my hand. Like it's very like I was always like no stuff in the book, very quiet. Like if I if if I wasn't spoken to, I probably would not speak. So it's kind of funny how I'm making a career out of speaking (laughs) so but that's kind of how it started I just kind of grew up and I'll guess I'll start with um Live Your Future Educated my nonprofit that you mentioned uh Live Your Future Educated which is the acronym for life um it awakens like the interest uh in youth minds of one book at a time so what I did is that I created a book club and I invited my friends at first but it eventually became like a community-bound uh opportunity for me to impact youth and to let them know about the importance of education and the importance of reading because you know nowadays kids are like oh books are gross but I love a good book I love to read books are probably to me sometimes more entertaining than TikTok I said it 
please don't like, <laughs> please don't be upset with me. Like, but I, honestly, like it was just an opportunity for me to be like, you know, reading is cool. Reading is, reading is exciting. And we can use so much with these books beyond the stories to help people in their communities. And we just also tried to inspire youth by uh, doing like community building and innovative thinking. Um, and also during this time, unfortunately, because I started this when I was in sixth grade. So by the time I was in eighth grade, um, there was a lot of uh, gun violence going on uh, across our nation. Um, I actually had a family friend that I grew up with. She was unfortunately a part of the Parkland Florida shooting in Florida uh, a few mm -hmm. years ago. She's thankfully okay. Um, but when that happened, that just kind of struck something in me to be like, oh, like, I feel like this is something that I need to speak out on. This is something that I should say, because, you know, that could have been me. Like that school could have been my school, could have been my friend's school, you know? And so I was just kind of like, how can I do something to impact my community in a positive way to also raise awareness and just show my support for the families that lost their loved ones in Florida. So we were able to make key chains. We wrote positive letters to the families in Florida. And, you know, I was also able to create a movement within my school. Uh, I also created a club called the Love Squad. It, it just inspired a whole plethora of things that I just wanted to be a part of. Um, it really just sparked who I am as a leader today. That was probably my first real position of just starting something and being a, an actual leader. Um, and just to, to stem that, uh, I, came, I became a high school student. I was a freshman in high school, and uh, that became my COVID year. Uh, it was 2020, and I was very shy. Excuse me, not shy, but like I was very like <laughs> confused and conflicted with my emotions. My mental health wasn't doing too well. Um, and in case you didn't know this previously, but I was also a classical ballet dancer. I, I danced with the uh, professional, well, not professional, but I trained with uh, the uh, Washington School of Ballet here in Washington. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So uh, that was taking up a lot of my time. And before I knew that you could become a podcaster, before I knew that this is something that you can make a career out of, I was going to be the next Misty Copeland. Like you could not tell me anything different. Like <laughs> I wanted to be her. Um, and so, yeah, the, the pandemic rolled around, school became virtual, dance became virtual. And so my mom challenged me and she was like, what can you do to uh, bring positivity back into the community because you know we can't touch anyone it's not like I can you know make a bunch of sandwiches and like bring it out to communities because again we're kind of in this no touch zone everyone had to be inside so what could I do differently and so she was like why don't you start a podcast and I'm like huh that sounds crazy let's do it so um <laughs> it was kind of inspired off of a tv show that we watched together um called All American and one of the characters on there she started her own podcast so I was like, I think I could do the same thing. And so I wasn't really sure what it was going to turn into yet. But looking back on it now, after three and a half years, like probably the best, best endeavors I've ever been a part of. Um, so what I do is I interview young entrepreneurs, motivational speakers and like other activists and uh, advocates within Generation Z, um, because on top of uh, trying to raise awareness for our mental health and bring positivity back into our screens, because again, COVID was such a scary, scary time for us. Um, it was also just a way to give a voice to the youth. It was just a way to show them like, you know, here's your mic, here's your seat at the table. Because while this is going on, there's so many other movements going on, like the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, and now this summer and like times before that we have like Roe v. Wade. So I'm just seeing a lot of ways that youth are being involved and a lot of ways at the same time that they're being silenced. So it's like, this is my way to counteract that be a positive voice, give them a seat at the table, because if there's not one there, why not create one? Um, that was kind of a long response, um, but that's basically <laughs> my entrepreneurial experience and how I uh, became the podcast host uh, that I am today. 
That's amazing. And I love that you were that kid walking around carrying a book. Um, you and I yeah. have a lot in common. That was me too. And never in a million years, if you had told me, oh, you're going to be like interviewing people and be on a podcast, would I have thought that this was a thing? <laughs> like, no <laughs> way. Um, and to take that, that fear and turn everything around and like, go. okay, how can I make a positive change in the world? Um, Mm -hmm. And doing that, the podcast is awesome, guys. If you haven't checked it out again, Perfect Timing Podcast, it's a a really great show. So we want to make sure people go there. Tell us more about your nonprofit, Live Your Future Educated. Like what's the mission, vision? What are you, what are you doing? Absolutely. Like I uh, mentioned previously, uh, life kind of like uh, it sparked interest in youth for them to get involved in education, to get involved in community building and just being a part of a movement that is motivated by the importance of education. So uh, what I did, I held, I held um, uh, monthly uh, book club meetings and no matter what we were reading, I tried to pull in something from like our personal lives that made us think about the book, whether we liked the book or not, because there were a few books where I was like, ah. That wasn't very, that wasn't a very like enjoyable read, but because of those experiences, like we've been able to think about reading differently, what we like to read, what we don't like to read. Um, and through that, I've also, again, been able to spark this idea of bringing awareness to mental health. So we actually read a book that was about a uh, school uh, shooting, unfortunately, but it was, it was a fictional book. And I believe it's called, This Is Where It Ends. And it was such a powerful story to read, especially at the mind I was at when I was reading it. I believe I was in eighth grade. Um, and so it just really made me think. And I'm like, how can I turn this around into making it like a valuable lesson? How can I bring this around to see, for, uh, for students my age to see like, these are the conversations that we need to be having. Um, and I was able to bring in a therapist, a professional uh, psychiatrist, and just for her to come in and just, talk to us about our mental health and it was just me and like my friends and the other members of the book club and we were just talking personally about you know like what do we do if we feel this way what do we what do we do when we're feeling like in a negative space and you know inspired by the book we I kind of talked about my anxiety and paranoia from the book because it kind of did spark that but again it was such an incredible story for me to read and I'm happy that I was able to bring that to the table um but just bringing in speakers like that for people to know that this is something that's real. Our mental health is something that is important to talk about um, and just having opportunities like that. And another opportunity we were able to participate in um, or that we created, uh, we read the book Wonder. Um, mm-hmm. I'm sure that was a very great book. book. I was great book. <laughs> yeah. Um, and we, we read that book. Again, adorable story. I absolutely loved uh, the message it had with it. No ma- I think no matter what age you are, I feel like everyone needs to read Wonder at least once. Because um, like, I just love the story. And we were able to go to the movies and that was when they made a live action of it. And again, and again, it was just that opportunity for us to compare the book to the movie and be like, okay, which one did we prefer? I thought both were wonderful. Um, but again, just bringing that opportunity back. And one more time we went to the movie, uh, we didn't read the book all the way through at this point, but we went to see The Hate You Give. Again, oh, yeah. Uh, just, yeah, just another powerful story. Like we were, it was one of those movies where like people start yelling in the movie theater, like, no, this. like it was just that powerful and that profound. And again, it was just something that I felt like my, the people within life and the people within my community needed to see. Um, 
and to just have conversations about it. And because I believe we went to we went to Lido's Pizza afterward, and we just had this huge discourse about like how that movie made us feel and like how it motivated us to continue to go out into the community and do more work. Um, but looking at Future Educated, it always holds like a special place in my heart because it kind of initiated my first spark of being uh, a leader in my community. That's amazing, and yeah. I mean the power of the storytelling. And then connecting, you know, having those deep discussions, the spark mm -hmm. that a good book can bring. Um, it's a powerful thing. It's absolutely sure. powerful thing. Um, can you talk about, um, you, you interview a lot of amazing people. Can you talk about um, the importance of young people, like taking actions, being involved in their community, serving, um, serving with organizations, taking action? Sure. I just think, you know, like I said earlier, I think you, people always say that youth are the future. And I'm like, okay, if we are the future, um, what rooms and what spaces will you create for us to to make sure that we are making a positive future for the people that come after us? Mm -hmm. And so unfortunately, in a lot of ways, um, that doesn't always happen. Um, so like me creating Perfect Time and Podcast, like by, by creating a seat at the table and a mic for the youth, by me creating Living Future Educated, by getting youth in education and um, reading and just le learning the importance of community involvement. It was just, I think it was just something that I wanted to look into as youth can do anything. And as I've grown up and as I inter interview these incredible people uh, on Perfect Timing, it's just shown me more and more and more that I feel like our future is in good hands, you know, yep. um, there's a lot of scary things that are happening, but as we grow up, because now that I'm a college student, I'm technically like a part of this future that we talked about when I was in fifth grade, when I was in sixth grade, like I'm physically getting into this realm of creating a better tomorrow. And I just think it's important for you to get into action to care about these issues because not only is it our future that we are focusing on, we are, it's the future for the people coming after us, like I just said. It's, it's to have that kind of care to make sure that we are creating a space that is safe. And because I feel like there's a lot of hostility and there's a lot of like, oh, you can't go over here. You can't, you know, say these certain things. And so while we still have it, I feel like we should have, we should use our voices to create that change because there's a lot of areas where people don't have that voice. People don't have that privilege to mm -hmm. go out and speak on and do those things that they want to do. So with the opportunity that we have and with the platform that we have, I feel like it is our time to show up and show people that, you know, generation Z means business, you know? Um, and, you know, but I don't want anyone to feel like, like obligated that they have to say certain things because, because um, in reality, not everyone is supposed to be um, an advocate. Not everyone is supposed to be an, uh, an activist. But in some way, I feel like some everyone should be a part of something, uh, an initiative, an organization. For me, I was able to be the vice president of my Charles County uh, NAACP Youth Council. That was a way for me to get active in my community. In my, I was a part of student council uh, all four years of high school, but in senior year, I was president of student council. So that was a new leadership opportunity for me to look at it from... I don't know how to explain, but kind of like a overhead, but underhead kind of view, because I was a student trying to look out for other students, but I was also kind of under a higher authority, but it also kept me motivated to be like, okay, this is my job to be a voice for other people. 
And, you know, I feel like that was my calling. Um, but like I said, I don't want people to feel like obligated that they have to use their voices 24 seven because it's exhausting and it's, it's kind of scary, but I feel like it's our time for you to get involved and be like, this is something that I care about. This is my voice and this is how I'm going to use it. Well, and I think the leadership experience you just described is leadership, right? Like almost there are very few people in leadership, we'll say in the US, we're not going to talk globally at the moment, that don't have to report to a hire, right? Right. Like whether it's a governing board or, you know, for our nonprofits, governing boards or, you know, Mm -hmm. the checks and balances that are in place. So yeah, that idea of, yeah, you're, you're supposed to be representing the people in your case, the student body, but still someone higher, I think, um, as a nonprofit leader, that's still how I feel because, you know, there is a board that helps, you know, um, set, set direction and governance for the organization. And so there's always that push pull and it's like, you want to do the best and, and drive change and, and be the advocate for the people that, that you represent. And then you have to deal with the realities of a budget or something that's like, but no, (laughs) Um, I, I would love for you to talk about some of, um, some of the skills and experiences that you've been able to have because of this journey. Of course, like with it, I'm going to be 19 this month, which is kind of scary. Um, But (laughs) I feel like, even though like, I'm not like a full grown adult just yet. I feel like I've experienced so many things in my life that sculpted me into the young woman that I am. And I'm just so grateful uh, for those opportunities. Um, but I feel it's, it's hard for me to start. I feel like there's so many times in my life where I was in a room and I didn't know if I was supposed to be there or not. I don't know if I was meant to be there, but it just changed something in me. And I left the room thinking differently. Like, you know, when you go see a really good movie and like you leave the movie theater thinking like, oh my gosh, I need to do all these things. Like I need to act, I need to do this. I need to uh-huh. do that. That's kind of how I felt like leaving these rooms. Um, so for me, when I started the podcast, you know, I was, I guess I invented the room. Like this was my room and I was inviting people into this room. And after every episode, I was, my character was building, my uh, stance on leadership was changing, my, the way I look at the world was changing, and it again like developed me as a person, not just being like a better podcast host, but just like as a human being. And I feel like I'm a very uh, empathetic person anyway, but it just it just opens my eyes more uh, to what happens more within our community. I forget what the name of the TED talk it was, um, but basically she was, there was this young woman who was talking about uh, the importance of of knowing both sides of the story or like the importance of like reading the importance of like knowing what is actually going on because if you look at one side of the story it's just like okay so you have like this one biased view of something that's going on an event that happened but if you miss the other side you're lacking like the substance in order to create a I guess productive decision that's kind of like a very like um how I say this um what that like an, 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 an how do I say like analogy? <laughs> it's, a yep. word. Um, it's a good word. Analogy. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's kind of like an energetical, I don't know if that's not a real <laughs> word, but way of like uh, situating things. But um, just having experiences like that and just being able to share that mic and be able to be like, 
this is me offering uh, you a seat at the table um, and how I think about youth leadership. Um, going back to my experience as president of student council, it was very unique. I've been a part of student council since, uh, I want to say seventh grade. And wow. then like, as I got more involved in it, and then once high school started, the pandemic kind of got in the way, but I was just always very active in the student leadership uh, in my school, also being a part of like National Honor Society, um, just having those kinds of experiences. And especially as president, it was stressful. As like a senior in high school, like I'm applying to colleges, I'm applying for scholarships. It was a very just intense time for me but it also built my it kind of helped build my backbone it's just like okay what do you need to prioritize do you need help because that was one thing like I never did I never asked for help and so even though I'm still working on it because I'm also like a crazy <laughs> perfectionist and I try to like uh, make sure everything's like tip top at, uh, at all times but it also it's just me trying to teach myself to be like it's okay to ask for help it's okay not to be 100% all the time it's okay not to put 100% into everything that you do because it's physically impossible like I would pass out like I would like yeah. I don't know what I would do so it just not only did it help me like become like a better leader to be like okay what's efficient for this person you know like we were saying earlier I am like the head of like, I guess the student body, but like, there's still people uh, ahead of me or uh, authoritatively like ahead of me that I need to talk to, that I need to influence, um, that I also need to respond from. And so if they give me feedback, that's the feedback I have to feed out to the student body, whether it's a positive thing or a negative thing. But you know, it also, like I said, built my backbone because not everyone was going to like everything that was going on, whether it was involved in student council or just like student body as a whole, it was still just my job as to be like, okay, because uh, on, on top of being like a perfectionist, I was also a people pleaser. So when I was like, <laughs> okay, like I'm trying my best, like don't hate me, like, you know, like these policies that I have to put in and stuff like that. Um, but again, that was just like another lesson for me to learn, like, you know, like this is my job um, and this is how I need to enact that. Um, and it just taught me just so much about like how I am and how I like to operate as a leader. I don't know if you ever heard... Um, I don't remember the quote exactly, but I learned it in school sometime. And there was this leader, this is like probably during the 1800s or something like that. Um, and there was this guy who was like, as a leader or as like the head of something, do you want to be like loved or feared? And so I kind of argue every day with, through my leadership, through my activism, through my advocacy, that I can be both. I don't want to be exactly. feared necessarily, but like, I feel like, because uh, in his argument, he said that it was better to be feared. And I'm like, you can be both. You can be someone that is loving. You can be someone that is positive. You can be someone that is empathetic to other people. Because that's, in my opinion, is how you can be an excellent leader. When you're listening to the people that are around you, when you are advocating for those people, when you're giving a voice to the voiceless, people are automatically going to connect to you. But you also can show them that you have that authority, that you have that power, that you have that strong voice to push through no matter what it is. You know, because when you're an advocate, you fight, you're constantly fighting, you're constantly like doing things in your community to show that you have care. And you know, people before has, before has, excuse me, before us have fought for us to have, for people today to have the stature that they have. It's very important for people to understand that. Um, but just like, I know this is a very long answer, but- No, it's good. Like, there's so many experiences that I could um, discuss. I guess I'll give one more. Um, earlier this year, I was able to 
um, go to the Stephen Marjorie Harvey's Girls Who Rule the World Retreats. And I was able to talk to a group of over a hundred black girls, just about uh, brown girl entrepreneurship and my experience of starting a uh, perfect time and podcast. And it was just an opportunity for me to also take off my initiative called You Are Enough. Um, Cause for someone like me who struggles with anxiety and seasonal depression, um, it was a way for me to open the door to be like, this is something that's real and it's something that's okay to talk about. And so I went around my community and I asked, uh, over a hundred powerful black women to write positive letters of encouragement to the girls I was speaking to at the event. And it, it was just an overwhelming amount of joy and inspiration that I got from the girls. They were so enlightened to have these letters. They were so excited to have these letters. And I feel like I just impacted them in a positive way. And it was something that I wish I could have experienced when I was their age. I'm not that much older than the girls I was talking to, but just to have that push of you are enough. I feel like it's something that I needed growing up. And because I, again, I was a very much a people pleaser and I felt like I wasn't enough very often. Um, but just to like be that voice and that experience alone changed how I look at the world and how I influence and how I uh, support other girls of color and just like youth in general. You've had some amazing leadership experiences <laughs> and, and, you know, to think about all of these different um from the podcast to the student council to all of the all of the, like your own leadership in the nonprofit space, like bringing all of those together to like build um, who you are today. It's such a powerful statement about why we need more young people in leadership spaces so that they can develop the viewpoints and right. and be able to like like bring their best selves into these spaces it's mm -hmm. like an amazing journey I'm I would love to hear like you've interviewed so many um amazing young people um what are some of the things that you've heard from them around either challenges successes things that they've that things that have like kind of stuck with you from your interviews of course um Again, in like the three and a half years that I've been able to do this, I've heard so many stories and so many opportunities. Um, and from like, I love interviewing young entrepreneurs and I feel like the focus on that for my podcast was very special and important because as a young entrepreneur, like we, for me, it's kind of lonely. Like within my community, I my town where I grew up in is it very big, so, I couldn't tell you how many young entrepreneurs there were every square mile, but for as, as it looked to me, I felt like the only one in a lot of cases. So my podcast was just a therapeutic experience for me to get to know these other young entrepreneurs and to know like, oh, I'm actually not alone. They're also like stressed out about school while, while trying to be impact, a positive impact on the community. Mm -hmm. They're also trying to be better siblings to, you know, their family, better daughters to their family, like, or, or sons to their family, just to, and being a better person, like in general, like, just talking about how do we balance work and life and social life because on top of being an entrepreneur before um I like to say I retired from dancing um before all that like I was constantly missing like birthday parties and social gatherings and all these things um but it would be to help communities it would be or if it was like a dance from store or something like that that is something that I did instead of going to these events. And so that kind of like hurt me a little bit growing up because I'm like, dang, like I'm missing this time to be with my friends. And, you know, now that like I'm in college, it's just like, wow, time really does fly. And um, <laughs> I always say like, uh, what do I say? Like never fear failure, but never, never fear failure. 
but be terrified of regret. Um, so I don't have that many regrets in life. I try not to have many regrets. Um, so I wouldn't change anything for the world. And if I had to miss a birthday party to impact another life, that's kind of what I had to do. Um, but from these youth experiences that I've uh, learned, I've interviewed uh, San Yu Vakoma. Uh, she is a part of uh, San Yu Speaks. And we actually go to Howard here together, which was a full circle moment for us because, okay, we met over my podcast and she's from New Jersey. And of course I'm from Maryland. So just being able to connect nationally and internationally that way, um, it just made me more and more excited to be like a podcast host and be able to connect with other people. But she was able to share her positive uh, experiences and negative experiences uh, being a young entrepreneur as well. And we just clicked instantly, uh, just talking about, you know, how it's been for us to be a young entrepreneur. Um, and there was another time, it was kind of freaky, but it was cool. Um, there's another young girl, her name is Reagan Nevels, and she is a motivational speaker. And she's also a podcast host herself. Um, and I had, she's from Ohio. I had her on the podcast earlier this year. And I, it was like I found my doppelganger. It was so strange. Like we kind, we kind of had the same life. We were just talking about like, oh yeah, like uh, being entrepreneurs, we've been very tough, you know, like we're still applying for colleges and stuff like that. But all the while, it's been such an incredible experience for us. And so she was like, yeah, like I'm a ballet dancer. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm a ballet dancer. And so that was like the first thing. And she was like, oh yeah, like I also played the piano growing up. I was like, I played the piano growing up. So it was just weird. I was like, this is like <laughs> really like my twin. Like she was like my other half. And so I haven't been able to meet her in person, but I know like once I do, like it'll just, like we're just going to fuse together. Like I we, I love seeing her on social media. I love talking to her. We talk, we text every now and then. Um, But again, just building that relationship. And again, just learning that I'm not alone. Um, And another way that this has been uh, proved to me is I was recently honored uh, back in April this year as a Prudential Emerging Visionary. Um, Congratulations. Thank you so much. (laughs) I've said it once and I will say it again. Prudential is probably the most influential, the most like inspiring, the most motivating organization that I've been able to be a part of and now I'm kind of an extension of as like an alum of the 2023 uh, Prudential Emerging Visionaries. Um, there, the opportunities through them and just bringing these youth together, again, it was just another way for me to see I'm not the only young entrepreneur out there. I'm not the only one. But I had, I made a friend from Hawaii now. Like there's people internationally. I have friends from Japan now. Like it's insane. It was just an opportunity for me to see that my impact goes beyond and while I share my story uh through my voice uh and kind of like an audio and social impact they've done the same thing socially or they've been able to uh do it financially through financial ventures and helping people um you know get their money right you know just like just through uh through their own uh uh financial ventures like that and just again learning their experiences and so I'm so I feel like I know like, I just don't know what I would have done if I never created perfect timing. If there was a way for me to like look back on life, if there was like a way for me to get way ahead and be like, what decision would I change? What would I know that I missed? You know, like I, Prudential was such like an incredible opportunity for me. And I was able to get connected with a mentor and we're still in touch to this day, uh, helping me out with perfect timing and how to develop it into um, a more professional show, into a more uh, inclusive and more, um, I guess, like growing in that platform, um, they've been able to provide those opportunities for me as well. And just, 
I'm just so grateful for them. But yeah, just another way for me to see the other young entrepreneurs and see that I'm not alone. That's an amazing um, experience. And again, congratulations, because that's Thank it's a, um, that's a very amazing alumni group to be part of, <laughs> for <Okay>. sure. <laughs> um, so you had the opportunity to really, really think about your leadership journey and um, where you would like to see change happen. So what advice do you want to give to adults, whether that's educators, um, community leaders, people who are sitting in those positions of power, um, about how to engage young people, how to have them share their voice and, and bring about the action, the passion that the young people have around issues that they care about? Of course. Thank you so much for that question. Um, I think, honestly, the short answer is to step back and listen. That's the short answer. Because I feel like, again, we as Generation Z, I can because I can only pretty much speak for Generation Z, we have so much to say and there's so much that we want to do. And again, as like a young entrepreneur and a young activist, it gets kind of overwhelming because it's like, oh, it's just one after the other, all these things, all these things, all these things. And it just makes it frustrating when we're not offered the space, when we're not offer the time of day we're not given an opportunity to be like this is my piece this is what I care about whether it's about um, the environment about climate change whether it's about uh, mental health and uh, children and teens whether it's about financial disparities within our communities because I, I don't remember financial excuse me um, student loans was a very big thing mm -hmm. um just having that voice because these are real experiences these are real people and you know it's kind of hard to look and be like oh yeah, like they are, they're not doing so great in this area right now, but I'm sure like, you know, if we change this one little thing, like it'll be okay. But it's, it takes a little bit more than that. It takes a listening ear. It takes someone who is actively ready to come in and be like, this is how I can help you because we can have the idea, we can have the passion and we can have the fire for it. Um, but in, at least in our society, adults and those uh, who have authority, they have the power to actually execute and to actually engage and to actually like fire these things up. Um, which again is why I say, what, if we are the future, what are you doing to put in place that the youth are going to create a better future for those after us? Like I was saying earlier, like what are you doing to like make that space open and positive? I, I had a keynote um, speech at the NAACP Maryland conference a few weeks ago. And that was kind of the message I was also uh, implying there, I was saying, have you done the work that you can to ensure that we can lead a greater future? Have you given us the opportunities? Have you opened the door? Have you uh, given us the mic and the seat at the table to create that positive change? Like we have student councils and student governments. So how can you let us create change? And uh, I didn't go to public school. Oh, I went to public school for seventh and eighth grade, but I went to private school. Um, but I still lived in my county where, where my siblings went to public school. And of course I would read up on like, how is their student government doing? What are they doing to, get, to enact change? And they've been able to change uh, dress, code, dress code rules. They've been able to change um, just like certain policies within like school environments. And I'm like, Ugh, like Generation Z is just so insane and incredible. Like I just could read about uh, all the things that we do all day long. Um, but again, they were able to create that change because the adults in their area listened and they gave them the space to speak and act on those things. That's why we have forums. That's why we have town hall. That's why we have 
these open conversations for people to be like, this is our issue and this is how you can help us. So that's the long answer, but the short answer is to just like sit back, listen. I guess I'll add something to that. To that. Sit back, listen, and help us execute. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, helping to execute. I think there's there's listening um, passively, but then there's like actually helping to take action. Uh-huh. Um, I'm going to open the floor, Sydney. Any final thoughts, reflections that you want to share with our listeners? Which, what do you want them to know and walk away with after listening to this podcast? Sure. So um, I'm going to go ahead and plug something. Um, I'm recently the co-author of a book called You Can Go to College for Free. And I basically am a co-author with uh, 14 other incredible uh, people who share their experiences when it comes to applying for scholarships, applying for grants and stuff like that. And so just giving them experience to let them know that they can go to college for free. I'm still working on that myself, trying to get a free higher education. Um, But I wrote a chapter about standing up and stepping out. And it just talks about my experience uh, of being a young entrepreneur, of being someone who goes out into the community and how I balance that with being a teenager, being a student, being a friend and a family member, how I was able to get, it's kind of like a motivational boost, just being like, you can do it, I've done it, and I'm still alive. It was a very, very crazy <laughs> time, but if I can do it, you can do it. People have gone to college for free, so you can too. So that's another opportunity. If you're interested in purchasing it, I believe it is $20. And if you want to help a college student out, um, so the funds go to me directly, there's a link on my Instagram page, which is at underscore perfect timing podcast. Um, and there's a Google form in there for you to fill out and I'll be able to sign and send you the book directly. Um, so again, if you want to help a college student out, um, that'd be very helpful. But of course, there's so much, there's a lot of beautiful information in there on how you can help how you can succeed in getting a free college education. Um, Another thing I want to add is to, I'm I'm just a very, very, very strong mental health advocate. October was a very difficult month for me. Um, I think I I had a speaking engagement, I think every weekend. Um, So that on top of being a college student, uh, because this is a new experience for me, I've never been to college before. Um, I go to Howard University, in case you guys are wondering, and I study strategic communication. Um, so it's been it's been kind of a hard time for me to balance. And so my mental health definitely struggled during this time. But I would say just remember to focus on yourself and you can only pour into people as much as you pour into yourself. You cannot pour from an empty cup. Um, and just surround yourself with people who continue to support you and to you get support when you need it. I'm very blessed and fortunate to have created friends here. My roommate and I are like close as, as we can be. I'm really close to have the relationship with her that's strong. Um, and she's been able to support me throughout these things and through my events and just just let me rant every now and then. Um, but again, just having those friends to have those people that are supportive has really helped me uh, keep my mental health afloat. So just remember to focus on yourself. And I will add one more thing. Um, if you are of age, because I'm finally of age, register to vote. It is about that time. <laughs> so, yes. <laughs> yes, of course. So again, just speaking to what you, if you're thinking about what else can I do in my community to create a change, voting is an excellent start. So if you are 18, uh, definitely register and get out there and share your voice because it is your right, not your privilege. So make sure you do so. Um, but I think 
that about wraps it up. You guys can follow me on Instagram at underscore Perfect Timing Podcast. I'm also on Facebook at Perfect Timing Youth Podcast. Um, and my episodes can be found in the link in my bio under Elite Conversations and Perfect Timing Podcast. That was kind of a long explanation, but everything can be found right there. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Sydney, for being on the show. Um, your passion, your journey, so inspiring. Um, the podcast, again, perfect perfect timing podcast. You can find it anywhere. You you um, find your favorite podcasts, Apple, iHeart, SoundCloud, Spotify, all those great places. Um, and of course, don't forget to follow the Power of Young People podcast so you can hear more stories of amazing young people like Sydney who are using their voices and passions to make a difference in this world. And of course, as always, until next time, we hope you'll join us as we serve, learn, change the world.